You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Stop. Just stop. She. I always wanted to try that. I can't believe it worked. That's awesome. Do it again. Man, I love New Song students. What a blessing. All right, guys. Hey, my name's, like Pastor Jack said, I'm the OG. Uh, It's been a hot minute since I've been in here and up on this stage, but I'm super excited. Pastor Jackson, he asked me to come up here and speak this weekend because he is actually bringing the word uh, this weekend. So here's the thing. He's saying that I have a word that's good for you guys to hear. No, you guys need to come back on Sunday to hear his word because it's going to blow your mind, all right? So make sure you guys are here this weekend. But I am the elementary pastor. I've been here for about two and a half years now. Um, I work with some incredible people like Mr. E-Man, Miss Lisa, uh, Mr. Eric, Mr. Jesse. Got a lot of guys that work um, for volunteer for me are in here. And they, um, you guys got some special people in this room. Miss Molly, I forgot Miss Molly. Um, but I'm super uh, excited to bring the word to you guys tonight. Um, but not just, I don't want you guys just to hear the word that I have. I want you to actually do something with it, right? Um, we're called to be doers. We're called to be disciples. And if we don't do anything with what we hear, then it's kind of pointless. And so uh, I want you guys to do something with this word and with this series that you guys are doing. And uh, anybody, you guys are about to go to camp, is that right? Yeah, we're about to go to camp. We actually leave this Sunday, um, and we're super pumped about it. Um, and I, I'm kind of telling what Pastor Jackson was telling me earlier. But as we're going to camp, you guys are about to go to camp too. And when you guys are there, you guys are going to hear uh, some things. You guys are going to draw closer together. And just like tonight, you guys are all coming together. I don't want you guys to leave and not have to, like, have, like, don't remember anything that I say tonight, right? Just like you leave camp, you just be like, oh, that was fun. And, now you, and then you don't remember or do anything with that. Tonight, I see a lot of you guys are taking, uh, you guys got notes, you got your phones out, you're taking, uh, you got your Bible app. Use it tonight because uh, note takers are what? Man, you guys are doing it right here. Okay, good. Okay. I'm going to jump into my message. I got a lot of notes, so if I come to this, I uh, just know I have a lot of good stuff on here. So tonight I want to talk about something very important, and uh, it's about the encounter with God. But it's a, it's a special character in the Bible. You guys have probably heard the story before, but it's about Moses. Everyone say Moses. Moses. Now, Pastor Jackson talked about Moses and God in the name series, is that correct? Um, but tonight I want to take a different look at Moses and this story and the encounter that Moses had with God. Now, the title of my message, uh, everyone needs a good title, but my, <laughs> my title is, What Does My Encounter Look Like? Um, now, who here has seen the movie Prince of, The Prince of Egypt? Yeah. All right, I wouldn't say it's my top five. I would say it's my top ten Christian movies I like to watch. <laughs> There's a different list. Um, but it is an incredible movie. I mean, it, it sets the tone for um, the entire, uh, I think, passage of Exodus that we're going to get into. But it's a great movie. You just need to watch it. But we're actually going to be reading out of Exodus uh, chapter 3, verse 1. If you guys want to turn there, if you have your Bible or your Bible app. 
And I'm going to read it real quick. You guys can follow along. I think I might have it on the screens. Um, do I have it? Yes, yeah, sweet. Okay. So Exodus 3, verse 1. One day Moses was tending to the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. Great name, by the way. Uh, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement, though the bush was engulfed in flames. It didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said. I love this part. This is amazing. Said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. In verse 4, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. And then Moses replied, here I am. Now, real quick, I love Moses' like demeanor here, right? He's like, hey, what's over there? Burning bush? Oh, I got to check that thing out. So he goes and checks it out. And he's like, this is amazing. Now, if anyone saw a burning bush that wasn't actually burning, y'all would be like, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. But um, we see at the end, God calls to Moses twice. And the reason why he calls to him twice is he's saying, hey, this is urgent, Moses. I need, to, I need to tell you something. And we don't just see this here. We see this a couple more times in the Bible. I just want to reference those real quick. In Genesis 22, 11, God says, Abraham, Abraham. In Samuel 3:10, God calls for Samuel, Samuel. And in Luke 10, 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha. And what I love about this is that we serve a consistent God. He shows us time and time again that he's got our back. So he does it here with Moses and Moses. Now, I love this story because, one, he's amazed by the burning bush. And, you know, we are amazed today. I want to kind of relate it to what we see today. So I don't know how many people drive in here. Hey. Okay, so when you're driving or you're riding with mom and dad, lame, but you're riding with mom and dad and you are on the highway and you're like stuck in traffic, but you come to the part why you're stuck in traffic, right? Or there's a, like an accident and there's an ambulance, there's a fire truck, there's a police car, and um, you pray that nobody's hurt. But what do we all do? We all look, right? We're all like, oh man, I hope they're okay. Or what happened? Like, oh, that was a bad wreck. They must have been texting and driving. Don't do that. Um, so here he is and he sees this bush and it's, and it's pretty cool. But God calls to Moses in verse 5, and he says, um, then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. Now, I like this because uh, I don't know about you, but back in my day, uh, when I was your age, I would go to my best friend's house. And when I got to my best friend's house, I would have to do the first thing when I walked in the front door was take my shoes off. Does anyone can relate to this? Yeah. Okay. So I hated doing that, but it wasn't like it was muddy outside or rainy or anything, but I had to take my shoes off. And I never understood why until a couple years later when I started asking people to take shoes off when they come to my house. <laughs> um, but it's just because I don't want that. My, my friend's mom didn't want me tracking in mud they wanted, or tracking in dirt, right? Because she had spent all day cleaning the house and making sure it's nice and clean. And so what it is is that it's a sign of respect, and so in most cultures, not, I don't think it's a big thing here in the U.S., but in most cultures overseas, you have to take your shoes off before you go in someone's home. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you're disrespecting them. So if you want to disrespect somebody, you leave your shoes on. So God's saying here, hey, man, respect the house. Respect me. Take your shoes off, all right? Yeah. 
because where you're standing is holy ground. So that's my first point. If you guys are if you guys are writing uh, this down, is respect the holy ground. Everyone say respect. respect. That's right. I think sometimes, uh, but not all the times, but sometimes we see something amazing that God does, and um, we kind of just forget that it's God doing it. So we kind of just brush it off. Um, the God, you know, who created everything, created you and me from nothing. We, re- we see things that he does, and we're like, that's pretty cool. No, that's amazing. Just like what Moses said when he saw the brain bush. He's like, that is amazing. But instead, we're like, oh, somebody got saved. Yay. Or someone got healed from cancer. We're like, good for you. Instead, guys, we need to be jumping up and down and joyful and not afraid to celebrate those things that what God has done. Um, now, how do we respect the holy ground? This is important. We respect the holy ground by coming to God with our hands open. And we want to be saying, hey, Father, Father God, use me. And whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to obey. You know, when we accept Jesus and we walk with him in our hearts, we are in a constant state of holy ground. But sometimes we forget that. I want to look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I think it's on here. Yep. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. I love that. I love how he reminds us, hey, I bought you for a high price. So you must honor and respect God with your body. So if our body is a temple and it's connected to us, uh, what this means is we can't just wake up one morning and go, uh, God, uh, here's the thing. I kind of feel like sinning today. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave my temple safe here at the house, and I'm going to go sin. I'm going to go cheat, steal, lie, deceit, do all that, and I'll come back, and then my temple will be safe. That's not how that works at all. Now, wherever we go, the temple goes with us, especially if you have Jesus in your heart, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, then you, wherever you go, you have to represent God. We are, he is the light of the world, yes? And if you have him in your heart, then you're representing the light of the world. You are in a constant state of holy ground. Let's keep going. So Moses, he takes off his sandals and begins the conversation with God. And God tells Moses that he, can, uh, that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, he does this to remind Moses, like, hey, listen, I'm not some new God here. I am the same God from your, from your ancestors that I have the same covenant with. And so he reminds him. Here's my second point. Before God says go, he first lets us know. Anytime God tells somebody to do something in the Bible, he always lets them know who, he's, who they're talking with. And God does the same thing using the Holy Spirit today. Real quick, I don't know if you guys um, heard uh, my young communicator message from last year, but what I, I told my story about how I got here. And one of the ways I got here was I, I heard from the Holy Spirit very clearly for the first time in my life. And I was 24 years old, 25 years old. It's the first time I heard the Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting at the coffee spot. I'm talking, having a coffee with my friend, and I hear this word, go. And it's real funny that he, uh, God, before God tells us to go, he first lets us know. And while he's telling me go, I'm getting all this information at once. I'm no, I know where to go, so I'm asking him, well, where do I go, Father? He's like, okay, see. Okay, great. When do I, when do I go 
like, go. He's like, now. Like, I need you to go home, tell the wife, and, <laughs> and sell the house, like, as soon as possible. I need you down there now. I was like, okay. So God's telling me, just like what he's doing here with Moses here in a second, he's telling me all the direction I need. That is, that is, that is the God we serve. He's not just, hey, go do that and never talk to you again. No, he, he continues to show up and tell us and walk with us. He doesn't just leave you to do it by yourself. As we continue in, in our Bible, in verse 7, God's lay, God lays out the entire plan for Moses. So I'm going to really quickly go through it. God tells Moses what he wants him to do to the letter, basically. I think Moses has it pretty easy here. God tells him what he needs to do, what he needs to say, how he's going to get there. Um, and God tells him, until, first he tells Moses, hey, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And then uh, Moses says in verse 11, if you guys are following along, verse 11, but Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now Moses isn't really thinking clearly here, is he? He doesn't know who he's really talking. He knows it's God, but he's like, who am I? Like, God doesn't know who he's talking to. Like, didn't know where Moses was at the time. He just randomly shows up in this bush. Anyways, stinking Moses. Um, but I love what God's response is here. God says, um, where does he say? Oh, he goes, but I will be with you. But I will be with you. If I'm Moses... That's all I need to hear. Like, God, how am I going to do this? Why am I going to do this? And God's like, it's, hey, I got you. I got your back. I'm going to be with you the entire time. Verse 13, but Moses protested. He's arguing with God here. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? then what should I tell him? Now, I'm okay with this part of Moses, right? Because he's asking a, a legitimate question. God, tell me what to do when they ask me this. Now he's getting information. And God tells Moses to tell them, I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent me to you. So go get the children of Israel from Egypt and take them to a place flowing with milk and honey. Now he's telling them where, once you do this, where to take them. And I, I'm going to butcher some of these words, so just bear with me, okay? To the place of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and this is the one, the Perizzites, Perizzites, I can't say it, I'm not Jewish, and the hives of the Jebusites. Now, first off, what I love here is that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of groups of people that he is telling him to the land of. This is a big piece of land that he's got ready for him, and it's got milk and honey, who likes milk and honey? I mean, flowing? Need I say more, Moses? Second, God gives Moses a clear place for, for him to take his people. Third, look what it says in verse 17. God says, I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. Guys, when God says promise, he's a man of his word. He doesn't just make it up and, or say it and not mean it. He means it. I promise you. God tells Moses a second time where he will take the children of Israel. Then it says in verse 19, I don't know if I have this verse or not. I do. Wow. I'm prepared. But I know that the king, this is, um, 
This is God talking. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go, my people go, unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike these Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. And at last, he will let you and my people go. Can you leave that verse up for just a second? What I like here is God already knows what's going to happen. He's telling Moses, hey, look, man, this encounter right now is all that Moses needs. He's telling him where to go. He's telling him what's going to happen. Man, this is, this is incredible. I wish it was like this all the time. But he says here, I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. Then at last, he will let him go. So what's he saying here? Moses has got some work to do. He's got to do some things. So up to this point, it's a pretty incredible encounter, wouldn't you say? Here's my last point. Be first in line. Um, who here has heard the saying, uh, ladies first? I think everyone's hand should be up, right? Ladies first. Uh, ladies first. Um, ladies first, right? We've all heard that saying. Uh, whenever I hear ladies first, I associate that with food, right? All the girls better be like, mm-hmm, amen, preach, you can't. That's right. It has to do with food. So here's what I need. I need some helpers. I, I, here's the thing about Pastor Kent. Pastor Kent, I have to do illustrations in classes um, to help little kids understand, and so it's just, it's just a part of who I am. So I have to do an illustration tonight. I know you're not little kids, but I need two girls and one boy. Okay, you two right there, super happy. Right there. And then... Who's that in the back by you, Eric? Tristan, come on up here. Give it up for him, guys. Come on up on stage. Come up on stage. I'm terrible with things. So we got Tristan, Stella, and Alexandria. My middle name's Alexander, so we got something in common. I know I picked you for a reason. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, if you guys want to step on this side right here of the table. All right. As you guys can tell, I have some grub, right? Tristan, you can get behind the girls, right? Because ladies first. I got some grub up here. I got it from Walmart, or as I like to call it, Wally World. Okay, here we go. So I got some, I got some food, got some good food up here. And here's the thing about um, ladies first is that they're the first in line. They get to choose all the good stuff. They get to go pick, oh, I want that. Oh, I want this. I don't really want that. Right? Because they're first in line. Right? So, girls, you guys get the paper plates. Now, you don't get anything yet, but you guys get, you stand here and look pretty, okay? So, this is what I have them up here for. Now, pretend on the, on the table, each of these things represents something that God has called you to do. And God has called us to do a lot of things, like serve and help others and to worship, to pray, all these things, right? So, all these things up here represent those things. And sometimes we get we feel like we get to choose what we want God what we want to do for God. But that's not the case guys. God tells us what he wants us to do. Our job is to be obedient and to listen to him. Um one of these things on here is missions. Uh one of these things on here might be uh serving in a kids classroom. Sorry, a little little pitch there. Or uh in worship 
right? Or in the production, or as a greeter person in the, in the lobby, or even in the parking lot. He might, help, he might do, uh, call you to do outreach, to go serve the homeless on the weekend when you really don't want to. Guys, there's some things I'm telling you right now, I'm being real with you guys. There's some things that church people are supposed to do that I don't like doing. And I don't feel like I would be really good at it. But here's the thing. It's not for me to decide. If God called me today, say, Kent, I want you to take your wife and to move to Africa. That'd be a pretty big ash, right? But God's asking right, he's asking Moses right here to do something pretty big. He's saying, hey, go free millions of my people from slavery. So there's a couple of, I'm, I'm with Moses here. He's got some questions. It's okay to ask questions. But for him to say, God, you got the wrong guy. That right there is what I don't agree with. So if you're first in line, then you get what God has for you. Now I'm going to go real quick. You guys are doing great. All right. But here's the thing. I'm going to go back to Moses real quick. Moses has heard the plan. And even after this, he even tells God, hey, God, you still got the wrong guy. He's heard this entire plan. And he still says, God, you got the wrong guy. I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I laugh at the Bible when I read it. Like I'm, I want to go back in time and just slap Moses across the face and be like, do you know what's happening? But I can't do it because time travel. But... I want to look at chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. And it says, uh, this, is, this is God now, okay? He's now, he's told him what to do. He's told him where to go. And now he's given him tools. Who likes tools? I love tools. I know Mr. E-Man is a tool guy. Loves tools. But here he is. Now he's getting a tool. And really, it's a weapon. I mean, a staff. Okay, but here he goes. Exodus 4, 2. He goes, what is that in your hand? Like God doesn't already know. <laughs> Sorry. And he, uh, Moses responds, a shepherd's staff. Moses replied, and God says, throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down the staff, and it turned into a snake. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Now, another cool thing, side note, that he did, because if that wasn't enough, he said, hey, uh, why don't you stick your hand in your bosom, which is a pocket, I believe. And he said, pull it out. And he pulls it out, and he's got leprosy. He says, puts it back in. He put it back in, pulls it out. It's a normal hand again. Pretty cool trick, right? <laughs> Moses, guys, is having an encounter with God. And he's still struggling if he's the right guy or not. After Moses asked God to send someone else, the Bible says in verse 14 that God became angry with Moses. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to ever be angry with me. But here he is. Now, here's the great thing I love about Moses. He picks himself up. He's ready to go. After all these questions and uncertainty, he goes to Egypt. As you guys know the story, he goes to Egypt. He frees the people, and they leave. Here's what I want to tell you. God wants to use you. I don't know how he wants to use you, but I know he has a plan for you. I can't see that plan. Moses didn't see the plan, even though it was made clear for him, but he has a plan for your life. Don't be like Moses and asking God to use someone else. Be the first in line. All right. Now, 
when you are first in line, like I said earlier, you get to pick and choose all the good stuff, right? And I'm not saying that with God and what he has for you, you guys get to pick and choose what you want to do. What I'm saying is that you want to be the first in line when you're eating food and when you're talking to God. Now I'm going to cut because I'm not being rude, right? But now I get, to, I, get to, I get all this good stuff. No fingers have been poked in it. No, um, no one's stuck their face in the cake. Uh, no one's double dipped. I hate double dippers. Take the carrot and flip it over. Anyways. But I'm first in line. Now here's the thing. If I take all the food away, what's left? Nothing. So now the people in the back of the line, like good old Tristan, who's been waiting there patiently, he doesn't get to reap any of this good stuff. And you know what Moses has been doing? He started here, and then he was like, hey, this God, you got the wrong guy. This looks great. Saving millions of people from slavery, that looks awesome. But I'm the wrong guy. You know what he does? He's up here. Now he's moved down. And his faith is starting to pull away. He doesn't really believe that God can do this. And then he goes again. How many times he does it? He does it like two or three times. No, it's not me. There you go. Use someone else, God. And then, after all that, he still says, God, I have a speaking problem, and I need some help. Um, What if I go and tell them, and they don't believe me? And God's like, I just told you to say, I am sent me. And they'll know what, what, what you're talking about. He goes, I don't know. And now he's back here. Now, we all know where the story goes. He ends up helping them out. But it would have been so easier, so much easier, if he was at the beginning, right? Hey, I need you to go free my people. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Start digging in. And he's just, now he's just eating, right? Guys, I don't want any of you guys to be at the back of the line. God's called you for so, so much more. You know, we tend to believe that God will use others before using us. And that can keep us from even getting in line. And asking God to use us in the first place. We should not be okay with others getting in line before us. You should be at the front every time saying, God, right here, use me. Moses should have been saying, God, I'm here. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready? But instead, he, he waited around. When you're first in line, you get the very first, the very best that God has to offer. I'll have you guys have a seat. You guys can get for the later. Get up for these guys. If God chooses you, you got to trust and believe that he chose you for a reason. Because here's the thing. He's 10 out of 10, 100% every single time. He doesn't choose people for the wrong reason. God could have been... God could have saved the children of Israel very easily. He could have done it himself. Every, every single thing that happens, guys, God can do it himself because he's God. But he wants to use people. He wants to bless you. And if you say no or you ask, hey, am I, am I the one to go uh, pray for that person? Am I the one to go serve? If you're asking these questions and you never do it, 
it's going to be hard for God to use you. It's going to be hard for him to bless you. God wants to use you today. He wants you to leave your encounters with him and be bold with it. Now, you might have one. You might have two. You might have 50. You might have an encounter with God every single day for the rest of your life. My question for you today is this. What will your encounter look like? Will you ask God questions and ask him to use someone else? Or are you going to obey, be bold about it, have faith in God, and be first in line? I love each and every one of you guys. You guys are here for a purpose. You guys were created on purpose for a purpose. You could have been created at any moment in time, but you, God chose you now. You're here in New Song Students right now. What are you going to do with it? You're going to hear this message and be like, that was good, Pastor Kent. Man, that incredible word. Unbelievable. Hey, where are we eating after this? And you just totally forget. Or are you going to, next time God tells you to do something, are you going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Choose me again and again. And here's another thing, too. If, you haven't ser- if you're not serving anywhere, don't you dare think right now, I'm too young. Because you're not. How old was David again when he got chosen to be king? Like your age. God has a purpose for you guys. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for each and one of these students tonight, Lord. God, thank you for Pastor Jackson and for his leaders for pouring in to these kids, taking time out of their middle of their week to come spend with these kids. God, what an honor it is to come into a house of worship and worship you. God, we love you and praise you. What is the Holy Spirit telling you right now? As you're sitting there quietly in your chair, as you listen to this message about having an encounter with God, Maybe you're like, Pastor Ken, I've never had an encounter with God. That's okay. The next time you do, because you will, the Holy Spirit's going to say something to you one day, and you're going to think on this message, and you're going to think, God, God's ready to use me. What's he saying to you right now? God, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.